we can estimate the total contribution of uh, of a firm like MZ in the regional economy, and we can we can do this for any any type of entity. I'm seeing in my mind a map with a little spider web of connections that it ends up making Absolutely. or removing depending Absolutely. on if they're coming in and out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our our analysis starts with a database, uh, essentially a model of the entire economy. You're, you're painting a numeric picture of the economy and what the drivers are. Meet Steve Peterson, an associate clinical professor at the University of Idaho. Steve is an economist, and he lends his knowledge to regional businesses, nonprofits, and other organizations by writing economic assessments for each group. Through these assessments, he's answering questions such as how much money does the botanical garden funnel into Boise? Does the Moscow farmer's market bring in enough money to justify putting in a public restroom? And how many jobs do the five Native American tribes of Idaho bring to the state? Welcome, everyone, to The Vandal Theory. Hi, everyone. My name is Lee Cooper, and I'm a science writer here at U of I and your host for The Vandal Theory a podcast about science and research from the University of Idaho. Throughout the second season of the podcast, we're going to meet with U of I researchers and learn about the questions they're trying to answer, the problems they want to solve, and what intrigues them about their research. Steve and I met to talk about the questions economic impact statements can address and discuss a few of the studies he has completed in Idaho. Hey, Steve. Uh, thanks for coming in today. Um, can you introduce yourself to everyone else? Yeah. Uh, well, my formal title is I'm a clinical associate professor of economics uh, here at the University of Idaho, and I'm a regional economist. And I've been uh, teaching and doing research here since the early 1990s, and I was a student here before that. So I've been here a very long time. Vandal through and through then. Vandal through and through, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been both a student, uh, a staff, and a faculty uh, here at the U of I. So it's been been a pretty exciting ride. Well, excellent. Um, you work on economic impact statements for local entities, businesses, um, uh, different different groups. First off, what is an economic impact statement? Well, I do. Uh, I'm a regional economist by training, and uh, my focus is on economic impact assessments. And what what an economic impact assessment does does is it outlines. Uh, the role of any entity. It can be a firm, it can be a nonprofit, it can be a uh, government entity, the role it plays in the economy. And the net contribution to the economy in terms of jobs, in terms of income, uh, in terms of output, and in terms of tax contributions. Um, so oftentimes when we look at uh, the primary drivers of communities, we are very interested on what are the, you know, what is the primary job creation entities within the economy. And so, so in a town, who, who's bringing in the money? How, what, what's exactly, exactly. keeping who's, the town alive? Yeah. What are the, what, 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 uh, what firms, businesses or government operations or nonprofits are generating the, the, the bulk of the economic activity in the community. Another way to look at it is that you, you can imagine if that entity went away, if, you know, if figuratively the hand of God removed the entity from the community, how much would it shrink? Mm, okay. Alternatively, we can do forecasts that if we, we expect uh, a firm to expand, we can estimate the economic impacts of that. Here in Moscow, for example, uh, a local economic analytics firm 
uh, whose founders I actually worked for a long time ago when they first founded the firm called MZ. They are expanding, building a new facility in Moscow, and they are doubling their employment. And so our, this kind of analysis can estimate both the current role of the community in job and income creation, and also we can do a forecast on what impacts it will have in the future. And we can include all of what they call the indirect and induced effects all the goods and services that they purchase as that spending ripples through the economy. And then all of their employers are buying homes and they're spending money here. And then we can trace out those multiplier effects too. So they often call this kind of analysis a multiplier analysis. And, uh, and so we can estimate the total contribution of, uh, of a firm like MZ in the regional economy. And we can, we can do this for any, any type of entity. I'm seeing in my mind a map with a little spider web of connections that it ends up making Absolutely. or removing depending Absolutely. on if they're coming in and out. Absolutely. Uh, you know, our our analysis starts with a database, uh, essentially a model of the entire economy. And uh, the model I have uh, has uh, up to 536 industries. And so it's pretty oh. comprehensive. So you're you're painting a numeric picture of the economy and what the drivers are. And so I found it interesting from the first time I started doing this kind of work all the way to the present. And so I've done probably a hundred different studies in my career covering almost every part of Idaho's economy. To me, that's what interests me. You've got yeah. you've worked with uh, the Moscow um, Saturday Market, the Farmers Market. You've worked on our airport. Um, you've worked with tribes. You've worked with um, botanical gardens. Um, all of those. I mean. There's such different businesses. Is is that what excites you about it? Just that that each one is kind of a unique puzzle to sort out. Yeah, exactly, or? exactly. Each one's telling a story. Part of what economics is, and uh, is is storytelling. Storytelling with with numbers. Storytelling with facts. Storytelling with statistics. And so, uh, it is that that story that we're telling that I think is the most fun part of the of the discipline. Keep in mind, I, I I'm focused on a very narrow area of economics, which is impact assessments. But uh, I, I think some of the, some of this applies broadly to the to the discipline itself. Uh, the fact that we go in and tell stories about how the economy. Uh, how the economy runs, how people make decisions, how firms make decisions, and so forth. Well, so let's do a local example. You've worked with the Moscow Farmers Market before. What are some of the things you found that actually influenced how they make decisions? Well, the Farmers Market is a storied signature event of Moscow. It has become part of the Moscow's brand as mm -hmm. a great place to live, to eat, to raise your children. Uh, the farmer mark, farmer's market has been around for many, many decades. It brings in, uh, by our most recent RMA, approximately 260,000 visits a year in, in a town with a population somewhere close to about 26,000, <laughs> you know, in a county around 30, I would say 30, off the top of my head, 30, 35,000. So to have a, a, a vibrant farmer's market with a small town, uh, in a small county like this is just pretty amazing. When I think you you mentioned yesterday about the fact, sorry, yesterday yeah. we talked about this, yeah. the fact that it actually influenced whether they put up bathrooms or not. Yes, there was a decision <laughs> before the, the city council to put an outdoor bathroom, which in a college town you actually need anyway. <laughs> um, but it, the, the, the primary driver in this case was the fact that you've got all these thousands of people. And on any given day, Saturday, you can have 12,000 people come through the market, right? 
and they were uh, they were depending on local businesses to open up their restrooms for uh, the use of them. And with that, which many is a people, lot of pressure, which on is those a businesses. lot, exactly, exactly. And the, the businesses, by the way, you know, I, were very, very open and friendly and supportive of the market, but still, it was an imposition, and so. Uh, the the outdoor bathroom turned out to be more expensive than the city council expected, and uh, I think that the evidence that we provided with the economic activity created by the by the market helped convince them to go ahead and complete the outdoor bathroom. So, I mean, that's a small success, but it's one that I think is notable, quite frankly. Well. Yeah. You know, when you need one, yeah. you know, it, it makes the farmer's market experience yeah. so much better. Yeah, and it's available <laughs> It's available for, down, for, for anybody downtown. And so more broadly, you know, Moscow, uh, Moscow's economy is more fragile than people realize. We depend, we, we are, you know, a, a, the home of the Palouse. We have a lot of people that live here for the high quality of life. And we need to sustain that high quality of life to keep them, to keep them here. Well, so let's talk real quick how you how you do an economic impact statement. Um, first, I would think I, I mean you you got to have data. You you have to yeah. go out and either collect data, little like physically going out and getting the data, or I would think in some cases like you you worked on the the Moscow Pullman Airport airlines and airports yeah. obviously collect a lot of data. Just the data comes from uh, you know comes from the the end of the organizations that sponsor the study. So they they uh, they, they they always provide a, a a lot of data. We we sometimes do surveys. Um, we did an impact assessment on the Centennial Trail up in Coeur d'Alene, and uh, we did a survey uh, of people using the trail up there. So that's an example of a survey. There's a lot of secondary data that we use as well. It's a mix of primary data gathering from the organization, uh, surveying when when we need to do so, and then uh, secondary information sources from various... So secondary information sources, is that like things that you'd pull from... Governments or, or yeah, exactly something. the Bureau of Labor Statistics okay. produces a huge amount of labor market information, uh, as does the Bureau of Economic Analysis. Okay, so you've got your data. You're going to plug it into your economic model, which yeah. is basically a, a computer program. Yeah, we we create a uh, an economic model. It's called an input output model. So these are pretty basically classic recipes. The Betty yeah. Crocker. Pretty, pretty standard, pretty of standard and economic then, models. Yeah, and then there's there's uh, a whole array of far more sophisticated tools that that you can uh, that you can employ as well. Well, so have there been any? Do you have any examples where what you provided to the the nonprofit or the business or what have you uh, surprised them, like that they were kind of blown away about their impact that they were actually having? One of those was the the impacts of the five tribes uh, of Idaho. Um, I've done, uh, I think, uh, with our current update, I will have done four uh, analysis on the five tribes of, of Idaho. And the, the size of their economic footprint uh, uh, surprised both the tribes and the regional stakeholders. Typically, uh, the tribes or rank in the top three largest employers in each of their respective communities. In the state of Idaho, including the multiplier effects, I estimated in the previous study that uh, the total job creation was around 13,000. And the, the state contribution in terms of total sales output was over a billion dollars. So the, the size of the impact and the importance of that impact on regional economies, uh, I think, was an eye-opener both for the, the individual members of the tribes 
and uh, for the the uh, community uh, stakeholders uh, near the near the uh, reservations. And to be clear, the five tribes that you were working with were the Coeur d'Alene, the Kootenai, the Nez Perce, the Shoshone Bannock, and yeah. the Shoshone Paiute. Yeah. Okay. So for them, what does that help them? Like, why should they have those numbers at their their disposal? Why why do they need those numbers? The uh, the tribes are uh, emerging as. Uh, Quite frankly, economic powerhouses in the regional economy—they're engaging in many, uh, you know, partnerships with individual firms and entities and local governments. And uh, you know, it, it's very important to, to demonstrate the 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 role that they already have in the economy, and for you know, future partnerships um, and stakeholders, the role that they can carry on in the future. So I think that's the, the, the most important story that's told is, uh, you know, the, the tribes are, are a very important partner uh, in local communities, and they're a very important part of the local economy, and uh, that there's a lot of great innovation and ideas going forward in the future. And I think it, 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 it creates for an exciting, uh, exciting entrepreneurship, both uh, for uh, the tribes themselves and for the communities, uh, communities next to them. So you said you've done about 100 of these. Yeah. Um, do you end up getting any of the U of I students involved? Yes. Uh, I'm the advisor for the Economics Club, and uh, so we're engaged uh, in the College of Business and Economics, what our, our dean calls as uh, Vandal Enterprises. We're going out and doing regional economic analysis and impact assessments with, with student-directed projects. So it's really exciting. This is relatively new. and We just finished the Botanical Gardens uh, as a student-run enterprise. And uh, so uh, we're uh, working on the craft beer industry in Idaho, an impact assessment I'm on sure it. I'm sure you had no students sign up for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's been that you know the uh, Moscow has an emerging craft beer and wine uh, sectors, and so uh, it fits well both with the, some of the community stakeholders and with the state stakeholders as well. So we we view these as an academic type project okay. with a with a with a real deliverable product. So we actually did a formal report for the botanical gardens, and they're and they're using that to, to their stakeholders. So we produce a real product. And I heard you were able to break into the craft beer business, uh, working with Jana Jones, the executive director of economic development here at U of I. The two organizations uh, representing the craft beer industry in Idaho approached her to do a study, and she uh, brought it to our attention. And um, uh, the students in our econ club wanted to do it, so we jumped in, and uh, we're working on the, the, the economic impacts of the craft beer industry in Idaho. Jenny uh, Ford, who's the uh, executive director of the Moscow Chamber of Commerce, has uh, been working with us on a couple projects. One is the economic impacts of local uh, uh, Latah County nonprofits. And uh, so she brought that project uh, to us. So it's it's a bit word of mouth. It's a bit uh, our contacts uh, with community leaders uh, and with leadership within the University of Idaho that's engaged in outreach. So those are those are our primary sources. And possibly if somebody hears you on a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I, I have accidentally filled your inbox yeah. with asks at this point. Well, you'll have to pull in a couple more of the econ clubs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you've talked a little bit about um, some of the answers you can get uh, about job creation and how much taxes will go back into the community when you're 
um, you know, working on these models, those are the kind of questions you can answer. Are there any other really important reasons to do economic impact statements? Well, in my in my role as a faculty member here at the University of Idaho, uh, we're a land grant uh, uh, institution, and uh, you know, part of our mission is to reach out to, to stakeholders around the state. And one way one way we can do that is to help facilitate local and statewide economic development. And so that's one of the more exciting things I get to do uh, is facilitate uh, businesses, nonprofits, governmental entities, and you know, understanding what their economic role is in the community. Uh, it's part of my my uh, part of my role in outreach and engagement for for the university, and uh, it also helps facilitate local and regional economic development, which is really important uh, for the state. I've lived in Idaho my whole life. And so, uh, you know, the performance of the economy affects me and my family, and it's just a lot of fun to be able to have a small role in helping to promote economic development and growth and help measure it uh, throughout the state. With all the economic impact statements you've done, is there one that kind of stands out as like, I don't know, kind of a hidden gem, something that you found that like really helped? I did a little impact assessment uh, on uh, the role of, uh, for example, Clearwater Paper in the uh, Lewiston regional economy when they were uh, having a major uh, capital upgrade. They were replacing mm-hmm. a digester, and so they were requesting a modest uh, tax break while they underwent the, the remodeling of their facility. And uh, it was really fun to make make that uh, that contribution to show you know that uh, the importance of uh, Clearwater Paper to the Lewiston economy and uh, you know to the tax base of the of the region and uh, to uh, see them make that kind of investment which will keep them in the valley you know for the next several decades. One thing about businesses is the markets are highly competitive and uh, you, know, you can never take a particular industry or, or, or a company for granted. And so the role that, that I can play to help uh, uh, you know, facilitate the, those companies staying and expanding in Idaho, I think is really rewarding. All right, Steve, uh, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate you talking to me about economics. Well, thank you. If you liked this glance into our economics research, you might enjoy hearing about a few other cool projects happening across U of I's colleges. NASA will fund a research proposal from Bryn Martin, an associate professor in engineering. He wants to evaluate the countermeasures that prevent and ease the signs and symptoms associated with brain and vision problems that result from space travel. In November, the College of Art and Architecture in Boise launched its third virtual technology laboratory. Researchers with the U of I Boise Lab will partner with the Autism Cross-Reality Institute to develop educational, diagnostic, and therapeutic tools to aid individuals with autism. The University of Idaho was ranked sixth among nearly 300 higher education institutions on the Sustainable Campus Index, which is a grade published by the Advancement of Sustainability in Higher Education. U of I earned its spot by implementing significant sustainability practices in its infrastructure, including heating and cooling. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Vandal Theory. We hope you'll visit our website, uidaho.edu slash vandaltheory, if you'd like more details about the research I mentioned today. While you're there, you can also read our show notes and email me with comments. And please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and now Spotify. And we'd really love it if you'd rate and review us, too. 
As always, we really appreciate your support. And if you have any friends and family interested in science and research, please let them know about the podcast. Help us tell our story. I'm Lee Cooper, and thanks for joining me.